The first time I went to Temple Beth Shalom, I drove right past it. I thought it was an apartment building. The temple is undistinguished on the outside, but inside, the sanctuary is vast and beautifully restored. That's why I love this place so much. I've grown with it. It's grown up with me. This is Tamar McCullough. I mean, we went from one little room, and then we went to another temple, and then back to another little room, and then we grew, and we grew, and we grew, and now we're here. God really has a plan for us. Today, the second floor is filled with classrooms. But when Tammy was a kid, she was sent across town to a yeshiva. Coming from an all-black shul and, you know, going to temple with just nothing but black people, from our view, we never even knew that there were white Jews. We never knew that they existed. So it took a while to work through that, to get past it. And I don't think we ever got past it. It was just a matter of learning to coexist peacefully. The weekend I was there, Friday night services were short, held in one of the classrooms. Saturday was a big deal. The sanctuary was packed. There were a lot of visitors from a sister synagogue in Philadelphia. The service lasted six hours, followed by a two-hour evening service. By late afternoon, I was getting antsy and a little hungry. I wandered into the auditorium, and that's where I found Tammy hovering near the food, which was still in saran wrap. She was restless, too, but she still thinks that long services are the way to go in Shabbat. If the Shabbat is supposed to be closely observed and it's supposed to be dedicated to God, chances are if you leave here at 1 o'clock, you're not going to go straight home. You're going to stop at Starbucks. You might read a magazine. You might buy some stuff. You can't do that on Shabbat. Please keep me here all day. You know, if I'm here, I'm safe. If she walked outside... Tammy would have gotten a few strange looks. She was wearing a blue sari with beads around her forehead. It's her own personal touch. Most of the congregation was wearing their Saturday best. Some people wore dashikis with Star of David patterns. The assistant rabbis had these very cool black outfits with crisp black and white taluses. They actually reminded me of Keanu Reeves in the second Matrix movie. A seamstress in the community works with each member individually. Saturday's the day to show your pride. When I talk to people about their journey to Judaism, they usually start with a sense of discomfort in church. Rabbi Cabris Founier is no exception. He went on a spiritual journey in the 60s, examining all different religions. And one day he asked a Jewish mentor, Where is the place of the African and African people in the biblical story. And he said, certainly, you know, black people are part of the story. And then he went on and started doing some delineation. Then he said, well, you know, many of the the first Jews were, in fact, people of African descent. I said, "Uh uh-huh. Okay, that's trying to make some sense. Okay, now we can talk more. Rabbi Funia was excited by more than just seeing black people in the Old Testament. Judaism made sense to him. Mainly, there's no imagery of God. No one gives you a picture and tries to presuppose that they can tell you what the Creator looks like, which I found to be quite appealing. He also mentioned one of my favorite aspects about Judaism. Judaism allows a person to be as intellectual as they can possibly be and still hold on to all the faith in the world. You do not have to give up your faith to be a good Jew. You do not have to give up your intellect to be a good Jew. 
they coexist within the Jew. Other faiths don't necessarily allow that. So why Judaism? You can question God. I mean, that's wonderful. That's the wrestling inside of every human being that has to go on. Yes. Everyone feels comfortable coming in and out of the rabbi's office. Drive safely. He's like the father of a big family. Tamar. Okay, he just got down, but there's a little boy just standing out there in a black coat. He was standing up on this. Just go out there and tell him to come on inside and sit down. Don't whoop him. Just bring him inside. Tell him I said to come inside and sit down. Black and white jacket. When Rabbi Funya came here 20 years ago, the Hebrew Israelites were scattered across the south side. He brought them together. This congregation is such a beacon. I met a guy who drives here every weekend from Indiana. Rabbi Funye also helped refine their practice, incorporating different traditions. The service is orthodox, but filled with gospel songs like Praise Be His Glory. Men and women sit separately, but women are allowed on the bima, even as rabbis. That decision was actually pretty controversial, but Rabbi Funye encourages debate and deliberation. It's part of his growth process. A brand new member once asked him about the talus. Is that really a part of the Torah and halacha? Or are we just imitating, you know, the white Jewish community? I said, I don't imitate anybody, (laughs) okay? I don't imitate anybody. You can't serve Hashem imitating anyone. The service of Hashem must come from the heart. And if it does not come from the heart, what are you doing? I really like seeing all these different Jewish traditions merged into one, but a few things were unfamiliar. In my experience, Jews tend to have an attitude towards God that can be reverent, but ironic or subdued. I'd never been to a service where the congregation was so thrilled with the Creator. I felt like people were almost competing with each other to sing God's praises. We don't forget where we came from when we come in here on Shabbat. This is Pammy again. We bring that spirit with us in the music, in the, the teaching, in the speaking, we are passionate people. Because at one point, that's all we had was our passion and our music. That's all we had. It's going to be loud. It's going to be happy. It's going to be a lot of screaming and hollering and shouting and dancing and stomping and clapping. It's going to be a lot of that. Among family and friends, I used to joke about having Judar. In men, I could tell whether someone's Jewish by their look or their sense of humor. We bond over summer camp, quotes from Annie Hall, having Chinese food on Christmas Day. Coming to Temple Beth Shalom made me realize how little of my Jewish identity was actually religious. I mean, now the idea of having Judar seems ridiculous. After the service was over, we had soul food, not tuna fish and egg salad. That Judaism is not defined by the diet of, of the gefilte fish or foods that have become, people have come to know the Jewish community through locks and bagels and things of this nature. I mean, I'm black. I'm just, I'm, I'm black. And I don't have to explain to you why I'm black because I'm just black. The same reason some people feel that they don't have to explain why they're Jews because they're just Jews because that's their race. But if I tell, you know, some people, you know, I'm a Jew, well, well how did that happen? I was going to ask you the same thing. How did it happen for you? 
Tammy is a practicing Jew. She thinks her observance should be evidence enough that she's Jewish. But for some African-American Jews, being Jewish is directly related to their race. Many Hebrew Israelites believe that ancient Israel was really part of Africa. When the Romans expelled the Jews from Israel, the diaspora spread across West Africa. Later, those Africans who kept unusual traditions like circumcision were given over to the slave trade. And so as African-Americans, they believe that they are the direct descendants of the ancient Israelites. That's why they'll never say they converted to Judaism. They returned, or as one congregant put it, we weren't going through any conversion, you know what I mean? We were saying, hey, if this is us, um, then uh, we just reverting back to what we, where we should have been. There's a lot of black people that have this going on in their families. They practice very, very Jewish customs, yet they don't know why. My grandmother never did anything on Saturday. We shut down on Saturday. And when... My mother became an active Jew. My grandmother would never. She would keep us as far away from anything unhebraic as she could. Once she learned the rules, it just seemed to be natural for her after a while. We are the people that descend from the original seeds of Abraham. We were dispersed, but uh, which gives us our justification. We are closer, we are linked genetically to Abraham than most recognized Jews. This is Dina Bot-Levy. My Hebrew name, but my given name by my parents is Diane Richardson. My slave name is Richardson. Mm -hmm. Since coming back from Chicago, I've talked about my trip with white friends, both Jewish and not, just to gauge their reactions. My cousin, for example, was fascinated and delighted by the idea of African-American synagogues. And then I got to the question of heritage, and his mood quickly changed. And he said, it sounds like they fused identity politics onto our religion. There is a political connection. The Hebrew Israelite movement began in the early 20th century, back when Marcus Garvey was calling for a rejection of the black church and the creation of a new identity. Some African Americans were drawn to Islam. Others became Jewish. Several generations on, they're well-established. But they still have limited contact with the outside Jewish world. When I attended services, there were a few white Jews, and the rabbi was thrilled to see them. But not all the interactions have been positive. Hebrew Israelites are tired of being asked if they speak Hebrew, or keep kosher, or observe Yom Kippur. They're tired of journalists who treat them as something exotic. And they're not amused by the joke that black Jews are twice cursed. There's a certain irony in the fact that many Reformed Jews come here wanting to show their support and enthusiasm for this community. But can't make it through a six-hour service. Dina Botlevi asked me how often I attended shul. Not much, I told her, but I still feel Jewish. She thought that was pathetic. My cousin, who also feels very Jewish but goes to temple infrequently, agreed that she had a point. Unfortunately, other Jews who spend their Saturdays in temple, the Orthodox, refuse to recognize Hebrew Israelites, so the community remains fairly isolated. That's why once my kids are Barn by mitzvah, I don't care. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want to do at that point. I know that they aren't going anywhere. And I absolutely know that because I tried it and it didn't work for me. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You need five years, you'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back. You won't fit in anywhere else. You won't. It'll be okay. Relating to black Christians is no easier. Dina Botlevi works in the administrative office of a Catholic girls' school. She'd like to be an example for the girls, but for the most part... She keeps her beliefs to herself. 
Temple Beth Shalom is her sanctuary. When, when I come in here, I feel like I don't have to pretend when I, when I come here. I'm accepted when I come here. But we can let all of that world go, and it'll be back there on Monday. <laughs> but on the Shabbat, I'm Dina Bat-Levi. <laughs> the place of Hebrew Israelites among American Jews is still unresolved, but the movement is growing. They can't run on parallel tracks forever. In the meantime, African-American Jews have found a group of people that has embraced them and wants to learn from them. Temple Beth Shalom was working with 50 different synagogues across Uganda and Nigeria. These African Jews have had little contact with the outside Jewish world, until now. And one guy, one group of leaders said to me, my last visit in September, Rabbi, please, if we join and you become our, our, our spiritual leader, please tell me that we can still drum and dance. I said I wouldn't have it any other way. Tammy hopes to work in Africa after she's ordained as a rabbi. But for now, she's just looking forward to her daughter's bat mitzvah. Her family's coming up from Mississippi. They don't know what it is, but they're coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Yeah. Me black kids, you know, I have big, huge bat mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> For nextbook.org, I'm Eric Molinsky.